Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G Bag Nation, two to seven PM Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan. Uh, you can also catch him as the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Brian, how you doing today? I'm doing excellent, Robert. Thank you very much. When we recorded last on uh, Monday night and the T.Y. Hilton signing had been made, what if, if I would have asked you right then, Brian, what percentage chance do you think it is that Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Cowboys before February? What would your percentage chance have been that night? Zero. Zero. I think I was about zero, maybe 1%, but, but uh, practically zero. As I ask you here tonight, as we record on Thursday night, what is your percentage at now? 40. <laughs> it's, this is I, the, no, I, seriously. I, yeah, it's it's funny, Bobby. I, I, I remember all the parameters I've put on it. I put 75, 60, 50, and then as you just asked me, zero. And I think now from what – and I and I work with our buddies over there at DallasCowboys.com with you know with the Cowboys break with Derek Eagleton and Nick Eatman yep. and Amber Garcia. And I mean, so I'm over at the star like you every morning. And you know, the building was still buzzing about it. They were still buzzing. And you know, Nick Eatman is a guy that I've known for 14 years, working with him, you know, off and on, but I've known him for 14 years. Nick was never a guy that ever just threw something up against the wall and hope it stuck. Nick oh, is a guy of dropping hints. Nick is what I call the implier. And Nick <laughs> yeah. will imply stuff that you should know. And so, you know, that's the thing about it with, with Nick. And, you know, he wrote a piece for DallasCowboys.com on Thursday talking about the possibility of Odell Beckham still getting signed. And if you know working in that building, that everybody reads DallasCowboys.com. Jerry, Stephen, Jerry Jr., Charlotte, whatever order you want to put them all in, that's who reads uh, things on DallasCowboys.com. So you know when you post a story, and if you say something that might be like, we need to take that down, or we should not post that you know and there's a lot of things that get posted that probably shouldn't be posted but that's the beauty of working there because jerry and the family allow you to do it so nick's writing that story i went from zero percent and then talking and being on a show with nick to like he's got me convinced because he went he's like on on monday he's like he was at 90 i mean he was at 90 percent. then he went down to like 40 like me then he went back up to like 80. He was on the radio with you guys on 105.3 The Fan, and that you guys got him on smartly. And he said, and you know, Sean Sharif asked him, where are you at percentage-wise? He said 80%. And I think that, I think that shocked Sean. I don't want to speak for you. I that think your answer, your answer was like five. You know, so, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where I don't, I don't think there's people in that organization that want this to happen except the one guy that matters. Yep. And that's the owner general manager, everybody else. And we had this discussion on the Dallas Cowboys.com. 
is this Jerry Jones's uh, uh, Johnny Manziel moment? Is this the Johnny Manziel moment where Jerry stops everybody and goes, wait a minute, that tag is still on the board over there. That tag is still there. And then you've got Steven saying, well, wait a minute, Zach Martin is our highest graded player. You know, Zach Martin, that's our guy. You know, they lose out to Ryan Shazier, who goes to Pittsburgh the pick before. Now the doubt happens in the room where it's like, whoa, wait a minute, Manziel's there. You know, Martin's there. And then you've got you've got Will and Jerry and and Jason Garrett and, and Steven all sitting there, and Jerry's fighting for what's wrong with Johnny Manziel. That's the discussion they have. I don't know if this is Jerry's Johnny Manziel moment, but he is making people over there think about it. And, you know, and, and, you know, Jerry Jones is 80 years old. And if he sees an opportunity, I would have loved to have been on the couch while he and Odell Beckham were talking about, you know, when they had their meeting, I think that would have been, you talk about two guys with big egos and, you know, big, big ideas and, you know, all that stuff. That would have been that would have been a great conversation to hear, and I still believe that Jerry's seen Odell Beckham play twice a year, maybe not the level you know now, but he saw that he remembers the Super Bowl last year. He yeah. remembers the one-handed catch at the Meadowlands. He remembers so many things about Odell Beckham that it's hard for him to let that go. You know, I, I really, really do. Whereas everybody in this organization is like uh, Jerry. We we got Ty Hilton over here, ten hours a day. Uh, reading playbook, learning, healthy, you know, all these people are talking about what they just did. And Jerry's like, you guys don't understand. This guy's like a difference maker, you know, and I, I just think that's Jerry's argument. I think that, and I think everybody over there has to respect him because if you don't, you're going to be end up doing podcasts with uh, Bobby Belt, uh, <laughs> you know, on a weekly basis. Which, uh, for those of you who may be a little uh, confused, like, wait, what, what What changed here? Jerry Jones was at the uh, league meetings on Wednesday uh, that were being held in Las Colinas, a suburb of, of the Dallas area. And Jerry was pretty adamant, said, stand by on Odell Beckham Jr. Like, like news could break at any time. And, and we've heard him say things like that. And we all kind of go, eh, okay. But when Nick Eatman sits up and takes notice, or I talk to other people who were were there present for it, and they all universally are like, "Oh yeah, it was. It definitely felt different. It felt like legitimately something could come here." Then that makes everybody kind of sit up and take notice. I, I do agree with you. I think that this is ultimately the reason why I still sit at five percent. The only reason why I won't move off that is because this has been the most inconsistently sourced story I've ever talked about, where. People I talk to will say one thing one day and then the next day they'll say something else um, or I'm getting two conflicting opinions from people who are usually both on the same page and usually pretty good. Um, and it just it, and, and that's not a a critique of those individuals or anything else. That's just the reality of how this situation has played out. It's been very unpredictable. And the most unpredictable aspect of this is ultimately Jerry's the one who wants him. And I don't think anybody else is really too high on the idea. Uh, not that they dislike the player Odell Beckham Jr., but I just think they think this isn't practical. What are we doing? But if the the five percent I'm giving here is Jerry going rogue, and and I, I said this morning on Sean and RJ at 105 through the fan, going rogue's a bad word for it because ultimately he's the owner and the general manager. 
You know, he is Jim Mersey and Chris Ballard. He is, you know, uh, uh, Stan Kroenke and Les Snead. He's both those guys, and it's ultimately his call. And so if he wants to do it, he's well within his right to do it and make that call as the guy who, especially for a guy who, in recent years, Brian, Jerry has not done this. Jerry generally, even when he's, it's been difficult for him, generally listens to the counsel he's getting from his, his sort of brain trust in the front office. He very rarely, I think, goes against a a consensus. Yeah, I I think that's, you know, with Jerry, and he really trusts Steven. He really trusts Will. He really trusts Jim Maurer and Britt Brown and Mike McCarthy, he re- Dan Quinn. You know, there's a lot of trust. But I think Jerry sees an opportunity here. You know, he sees an opportunity. I think, Jerry, if you told him, listen, you're going to have to write a $2 million check to Odell Beckham, but he's going to help you win a playoff game, he would absolutely do that. And I think that's what he's banking on right now. I think he believes so much in the player, but he also believes in Britt Brown, who is going to rehab this guy. Now, if we had an opportunity to talk to Britt, Britt's very low-key, doesn't talk many people, doesn't really give you much on that. I mean, he's he's really, really great at his job. I've known him for 14 years. But I think Britt would tell you that he's probably running out of time. You know, he probably would tell you that, Okay, I've got how much time till I have to get him ready for a playoff game? You know, there's going to be a certain amount of time. I think the doctors and the trainers know that they're up against it. Six to eight weeks, probably, you know, once they get him in. And he didn't sign this week, so they missed a week opportunity here. So, yeah, it's – Jerry will write that check if he knows this guy will suit up and play for a game that can help him win and go on, you know. Or win it all. I think that's what Jerry looks at, and he, you know, that's what he sees. And he has a lot of faith, like I say, in Britt Brown to be able to hard work, lay hands, and get the absolute best out of a rehab from Odell Beckham, where, you know, quite frankly, people first of November, people like Jay Glazer saying, Oh, he's been cleared, everything's ready to go. Well, no, he's not. You yeah. Know? So you know, the I think I think the world on November first was excited because of Odell Beckham, and then by December twelfth, they were hmm, this knee isn't exactly right. So that's kind of where we're at right now. What do you think? Because you talk about that rehab window, what would you guess then? We need to have this done Friday, or or, or this Monday? thing can This like, this like, thing like, has like, got to yeah. This thing has got to go. It's got to be the next couple days, right? It it can't go any. Like I said, I I know Britt and I know how they operate. They're very methodical when it comes to the preparation down to the day, down to the hour, down to the minute. You know, I mean, you look at what they did with Dak Prescott, what they did with Michael Gallup, what they've done with Tyron. Hell, Tyron Smith, you and I were at the practice field at the star when he was laying on the damn ground, you know? And now all of a sudden it's Jerry's right, meaningful football. Here we are, you know, Tyron Smith, meaningful football. And a lot of it has to do with the type of patient that Tyron Smith is, but what Britt Brown has been able the best thing that could happen to Odell Beckham. I'm just gonna say this. The best thing that if I could give him one bit of advice, 
sign here, get paid, rehab. You will be so much better when you visit teams in March. Your level of fitness will be beyond what you could do working on your own or working with people in Arizona. This guy will bring you to a level. Look what, I mean, Gallup blew out his knee and he got a contract extension. Yeah. That, that just shows you, you know, what this guy's capable of doing. Yeah. You know, so I, my advice, if I could just LSU, man to man, tiger to tiger, if I could give him advice, get here, get situated, be ready to work, that guy will get you ready, and he probably could get you a contract that you didn't think you were going to get. Let's say Monday is their deadline, just in theory. Let's say yeah. Monday's the day we got to make up our minds here. We're at they week go seven. Into, they yeah. go into Jacksonville this weekend, and they yeah. lose. Mm. More or less likely, you think, to pull the trigger on Odell Beckham if they lose? Do you no think shame to lose. No shame to lose. Hey, no shame to losing to Jacksonville now. By the way, oh now, no, Jackson, no you, you remember, you remember, shame to losing to Houston. No shame losing to Jacksonville. The uh, went off the goalpost against Washington, and two yeah. days later, the Amari Cooper trade happened. Now that wasn't the entire. Like they were already working on something there, but it did feel like, man, that was one more push of just we got to get this offense going. If this offense goes out there and struggles, even to a solid Jacksonville team, do you think that in Jerry's mind it's like, man, we struggled the last couple weeks, now we lose a game, we definitely need to make sure we have Odell Beckham here for the stretch run, or do you think it doesn't move the needle at all either direction? Well, you might have an opportunity here on Thursday night as we tape. Seattle's playing San Francisco. Seattle loses. That's part of that playoff scenario thing that could kind of, you know, but yeah, I, I, I feel like that. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think they're tied together. I just think it's, it was like, if the offense goes out there and struggles and the receivers are bad and Dak has trouble throwing the ball, and they really don't get uh, T Y Hilton, any opportunity or like that. There might be a little bit more of a push, but the push is they it's seven weeks away. That that's I don't think they're tied together. I really, really don't. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.